Whew, isn't God good? Man, oh man, oh man. It's good to be in this place. Yeah. I came back from uh, Las Vegas where I got to spend a few days with my kids. Took my dad out there with me. It was quite a trip. I'm glad I took my dad with me. Um, my dad's a character, and uh, we had a lot of fun. But we got to—we were last week. We were in the church, relentless. That uh, they're a part of it was an awesome time, and uh, just a good time to be there. And I thank Paul for man. He just—he just tore it up last week, and. Um, but man, I and I, this weekend, what a great time in the Lord to get together with men and 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 share. And uh, thanks, Dolly. It was so good to see you back in that kitchen, man. And we had served lunch for everybody, and and um, and the late several of the ladies helped provide that. So when we do a we do a women's conference, which we're putting together now. I'm going to be calling on you men to come and wait on these ladies, hand and foot. Yeah, we're going to, man, we'll, we're going to just open it up and, and bless because you have blessed the men. Uh, the truth is that we would, if it wasn't for you ladies, we men wouldn't stand a chance. And uh, <laughs> thank you. I see that. That's that's a person that everybody in here, all you women should have said, amen, hallelujah. But it's true, and uh, but men are, are are responding. It was such a good weekend. I believe it began something that is gonna, um, you know, I can just I can just tell you with the twenty one days of awakening that something has woke up, and I think it's us, and I think God's really doing stirring something. I sense it. I sense it here today. I do. And I'm so glad for it because I tell you, God is uh, God is unwrapping something for us, and and I'm excited about that. And so we're going to meet tonight, and we're going to pray. And uh, because we're not just going to close out this 21 days and then go back to normal, we're going to we have been pressing in to see God. What's the next step, right? And I think God God has something for us, and we're just going to keep pressing into it. And keep moving toward it. And as a church, I don't know, but I, I don't know, but I, I just feel like God is about to rock this church, rock this city. You know, uh, I got a, I got a word at three thirty in the morning from somebody, and uh, and I, can I just, can I take a second here? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. So. so somebody sent me a, a word that's really powerful because it just falls in with, you know, with what's going. And, and I tell you, I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about letting God speak into us. And the prophetic word is a life-giving word. And... Uh, and this word had to do with the divine shift that is that we're right in the middle of. You you can sense it in our country too. 
I mean, I mean, you can sense something has changed, and and it is it's it, and listen to the title that that this led with. It said, "Divine Change Riding an Ass," and it's in Matthew twenty one one. It's the story of Jesus telling his disciples to go to the opposite city and get the colt for his triumphant ride into Jerusalem. And I read that this morning. I didn't go any further. And I'm like, oh great, this person has just likened me to a jackass. Kind of that's my, you know... But then the Spirit of the Lord just said, whoa, wait a minute. Look what that jackass was carrying. And I realized by this, by the Spirit of the Lord that I, I'm carrying Jesus. I'm carrying Jesus to this city. As a church, listen to me, and I don't think it was just meant for me, this word was meant for us, and I don't ever think in terms of just me, because everything here is us. We are carrying Jesus to this city. That's been our endeavor, but I think it, it's coming with such clarity, you know, that, that, that Jesus was riding into Portage. Think about this. Jesus is riding into Portage, but he has to ride on somebody. He has to ride on somebody, and, and you're somebody. <laughs> you're somebody. And I know our self-esteem, you know, is more in line with the, with the jackass part of it. But see, when you realize who you're carrying, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about him. And I want, I want my city to, I want my city to know Jesus. I want my Jesus to sense what we sense in this room right here. I want to carry this presence to where the, the real need is, to where the brokenness is, to where all, all the hurt is. I want to carry Jesus to where the need is. Amen. That's what we've been called to do as a church, to carry Jesus. We were created in His image. We heard that all weekend. I mean, it's just amazing how God awakened that and, and the call and the cry is to, is just to be Jesus to this city. And what does that look like? What would that look like? What would it look like? What would it look like? What would it look like if we were just so caught up in that? Hence, this morning when I, I, I had a, in mind to do, like I, I often do, you know, I had a mind and had an outline and had everything, you know, because I knew I had a lot of going on this weekend, and, and then I get up and this and the word that, and then here's what the Lord spoke to me, you want you ready for this? The Lord said he wants to sweep us off our feet. And I, you know, I thought like, well, are you talking about like romantically? I mean, that's how I connect. 
You ever been, remember when, remember when you got swept off your feet? I mean, you just slapped down crazy, was in love with somebody. That's how I was with my wife, man. I, I was swept off my feet. And I thought, you know, I thought she was swept off her feet. I'm not so sure anymore. I make a joke, you know, I say, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that I ran and she caught me. But I think, I think about this in the, in the scripture. So, uh, Roy, uh, Roy put this together like last minute. Manny, I love you, Roy. You're, I feel sorry for him. I mean, we just had this discussion. Yeah, Roy, I'm going to get these to you like days in advance. And here it was, 9.30, and I'm like, click. And, 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 and this just resonated in my heart. And then, can I, can, I just, can I just be obedient this morning? So, and then I was walking in. And I saw these young people right here, part of Tina's crew. And immediately my mind, I, I thought about, you know, young, young love and how every young person, every, every young person dreams of being swept off their feet. It's what movies are made of. It's what, it's it, it's what books are written. It's 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 stories are told of how that knight in shining armor just comes in and sweeps you off your feet. And immediately the Lord spoke to me and said, "Tell these young people that I want to sweep them off their feet, so that they don't go out into the world and get some false." hope and some false relationship that 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 if you'll open your heart he will just he will be your knight in shining armor so i want i want all the young people that are 18 and under i want you all to all stand please i'm not embarrassing anybody am i I, I'm not meaning to. Are you are you over eighteen? You're nineteen and understand up. This is awesome. See these the, the these young people. Listen to me, young people. The world is is going to lie to you and set you up. That you're going to find all your dreams in something other than Jesus. And the church has not done a very good job of really even presenting Jesus. Because we've made serving Jesus like, like, it's, like some of you have been married for a length of time. Like, oh my God, I've got to go home to my wife. Oh, church again? Right? 
He's gonna, we gotta do, we gotta do this again. Please tell me he's not gonna ask us to serve again, give again, do again. And see, this is why the church has to, we have to capture this, this love, love for Jesus because this is what makes coming, this is what makes coming to the house of God what it should be. And the Lord asked me this question, what if, these young people turned into fire-breathing children of the living God and led this generation to this revival instead of us waiting. Because I'm here to tell you, I think Jesus is here to sweep. And then let me say this, some of you old Christians... Yeah, what was what was happening here? This is Jesus trying to reconnect to you. Because you go through the motions. It's like you live in the same house, but you aren't there. You share the same last name, but you're not there. Your mail all comes to the same address, but you're not there. Are you with me this morning? I don't think we can continue like that. I don't want to continue just having church and having meetings and going to the address and then going home and go, well, that was, that was church. See, I think we're into this time where Jesus is going to show up in ways that we haven't seen before and do things that we haven't even experienced before. And that when we come to church, we're going to get wrecked. We're going to get swept off our feet. And we're going to go, oh, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. It was good to be in this place. Why? Because Jesus showed up and swept us off our feet. And I don't know, I don't, I don't, I, I want to like, I don't want to be a wet blanket. Well, Pastor Mike, you better be careful, you better be afraid, and I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. So I want you to stretch your hands, or if you're by these young people, would you just gently respectfully lay your hands on them man we need to get some people around these young people come on we need to i want to i want to pray for a love that sweeps these young people off their feet love swept hallelujah 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 father i pray for these young people today god they're the hope of the church they're the hope god i I thank you for their hearts i thank you for their desire lord that that you would just as men and women of god you would just sweep them into your presence sweep them off their feet lord put them so in love and so captured by you that you become their obsession 
That you, Lord, are what they go after, what they long after, what they seek after. That they're not going to find it or go after it in the world and find themselves wrecked and ruined because of chasing some elusive dream. This is not an elusive dream. This is an invitation that you've given us to come, come unto me. Lord, sweep. And Lord, I pray for all of us who've been around. There's some of us, God, that are so dry and empty on the inside. It's been so long since we've been awed. Since we've really been awed. That we need this fresh touch too, Lord. We need this awakening to love. We need this experience that Solomon had when he spoke of his bride. Mm. What a jealous love. Wake us up, Lord. Wake us up. Wake us up. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You guys can be seated. Thank you. I don't mean to embarrass you. I would never embarrass you. I just, I care about, I care about what's happening and where we're going and what God needs to do. You with me? So I got some verses here I want to share with you that go right along with this, along with this. Thing. I don't know how far I'll get because I feel kind of like, I don't know, I just don't know. That's good though. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Exodus 19 because in this, here we go, Ex- I'm sorry, Exodus 19.4. So here's, here's Israel in their, in their days of being brought out of Egypt and brought into a wilderness. God's mighty hand of deliverance has been on them. And here's what God speaks. Now, this is God talking to Moses, okay? He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. That represented their salvation. You saw how I brought you out from under this power. This, the most powerful nation. That you were slaves. You were servants you were in bondage and they were, there was no way they were going to let you go. Remember, Pharaoh was not going to let them go. How many of you know it's not the intent for the enemy to let us go? But Jesus is greater than our enemy. And he said, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians, Egyptians and how I carried you on eagle's wings. Eagle's wings always in the Bible show up as a sign of deliverance 
When God always talks about mounting up with wings of eagles, he's always talking about how God delivered you from the Egyptians. When he talked to Elijah and told Elijah, you saw how I bear you up on eagle's wings in 1 Kings 18 and 19. He was talking about how God bore him up when he stood before the prophets of Baal and called fire down from heaven and God delivered him from his enemies. Can I just tell you this morning that this is a revelation that we need to understand. No matter how big or bad your enemy is or you look at, you're looking out and you're surrounded by your enemies, God has a way to deliver you from your enemies and he'll always do it by putting you on eagle's wings and causing you to fly and soar over your enemies. He goes on and he says this. He says, and I brought you to myself. Now that's what you need to underline right there. See, that's the that's where the Lord thumped my heart and he said, brought you to myself. See, what the idea wasn't just to get him free. The idea was to bring him to him. That's the concept of being swept off your feet. It's one thing to it's one thing to leave Egypt. It's another thing to be brought to him. Do you understand? You understand what I'm saying here? I think a lot of the emphasis that we've had over the year, past years, even decades, has been on freedom, but the freedom never carried with it the message of bringing you to myself, bringing you to, 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 to Jesus where, the, where you're, you're free of that so you can connect to Jesus. And so this is, the, this is what God is speaking to. And and I'm going to tell you something, what you're going to hear and what you're going to hear a lot more of coming into this year is how the church is going to be brought to Jesus. The church is being brought to Jesus. Remember the disciples, the power and the beauty of the disciples wasn't in, it just wasn't in them it was in the fact that when they brought them, they said it says they took knowledge. Listen, to this, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus, but Jesus had already been crucified and resurrected and ascended, and the early church was going forward. Then when they called them in to persecute them, to punish them for preaching the gospel. They carried something of the presence of Jesus. Now listen to me, this is going to be another theme that you're going to hear from here on out. Because the presence of Jesus is being unfolded in manifold ways because it's the presence of Jesus that is going to make the difference and set the church apart from every other entity. There's one thing the church has that no other organization, I don't care what its good cause is, I don't care how they want to reform the, the world, reform the nation, the one thing the church carries that nothing else carries is the presence of Jesus. You're carrying Jesus. And when we realize that and we walk in a room, you won't be afraid. 
you won't be intimidated. For years, I've walked in a, in a spirit of intimidation. Because I would walk in a room and I thought, why am I in this room? What am I even doing in this room? Look, this this person, that government person, or this uh, celebrity person, and, or, or, and what am I doing in this room? And I, I, was in, I was intimidated by it. You know what that intimidation is? It's a spirit of fear. It is a spirit of timidity. And the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of timidity. And the church is going to walk into situations, walk into places, walk into rooms that we're there because God has ordained you to be there. And it's not going to be, what am I doing here? You're going to walk in realizing I'm here to bring Jesus to this situation. And when God uses you to release the word into that situation and release the wisdom of God and the will of God and things change, they're going to say, thanks for showing up. Because it's not going to change any other way. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians. I carried you on eagle wings and brought you to myself. Let's go on. We're still reading. Now, therefore. Everybody say, now, therefore. So on the basis of, I'm going to bring you to myself. Therefore. Why is that therefore, therefore? You always got to go back. Therefores are there for Therefore, what was preceding, because I have swept you off my feet. I have swept you off your feet, and I have brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will, in fact, obey my voice. The key to everything in all of this, in all of our work, in all of our lives, has got to be that we're going to obey God's voice. Listen to me, church. Everything that you need in your life hinges on two things. Isaiah 55 says, if you be willing, you got to be, you got to be willing, right? Not everybody wants. Bishop pretty well identified two classes yesterday for everybody and just blew their mind. I'm not going there because I'll make half of y'all mad. Only he could say that and get away with it. You got to be willing. Can I just say this? I am not going to drag unwilling people into the will of God. I'm free. If you be willing, though, look at your neighbor and say, are you willing? No, say it again. Are you really willing? If you be willing, now here's the key, and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Come on, somebody. It's not complicated. See, the question is, how willing are you? How hungry are you? 
How desperate are you to walk into all of God's promises? Do you just want your sins forgiven and your ticket punched to heaven? Or do you want heaven to identify you on the earth? And when you walk through this earth, heaven lines up with you because you are lined up with heaven. And God uses you as a conduit. And you are not a cul-de-sac. You are a conduit where God takes what's in heaven and gets it to earth through you. Hallelujah. You know, some of you have been running that cul-de-sac all day. Bust the end out. Be willing. Can I just tell you that the secret to this is say, God, make me willing. God, make me willing. I've tried to preach it into people, shake it into people, oil it into people, yell it into people. I'm a yeller. Hallelujah. You can't yell it into people. But all it takes is the Holy Spirit to flip your heart, to repent. See, we get all crazy about that word like, well, I repented when I got saved. No, repentance simply means to think differently. Metanahu, it's the word think differently. What areas of our lives do we need to think differently? And that's the, that's the key to Revival. It's the key to God working in your life. You can't think like the world thinks. If you think like the world thinks, you're going to get what the world gets. Where was I? That's, that's free. I didn't, I'm not charging you a dime for that. If you will in fact obey. Oh, there we were. Willing and obedient. Brad mentioned that, that... Pastor Sam made that statement. It was so profound. You could actually feel a shock. A shock in the room when he, that statement came out of his mouth. The fear of the Lord is, that, is the time that it takes for me to act on what the Lord has spoken to me. God has spoken to some things to you. And you have not acted on it. If you will in fact obey my voice. And keep my covenant. My agreement. Then you shall be my own special possession. In the King James it says. uh, A kingdom of priests. That's a special that's a special possession. Do you not, do you all know how special you are to God? You are you are special. You are his own special possession and a treasure from among all peoples of the world. That's why I tell people all the time I'm I'm special. And I tell them straight up, I'm God's favorite. You do with it what you want. 
Because I believe if you want, you can be his favorite too. I mean, we got all kinds of ites, right? Jebusites, Amalekites, Mennonites, Parasites. (laughs) How about we start a new movement here of the favorites? You need to know you're, you, we come in here so beat up. The devil's trying to tell you that you're nothing. Young people, he tries to tell you you're nobody. You go to school and you get beat up. You go on Facebook. You get attacked. You go everywhere and people tell you you're nothing. You're not special. You'll never measure up. And then you walk in here. This is a place where we're going to tell people the truth. And the truth is you're God's favorite. You're God's special possession. You're a treasure from among all people. And God knows how to take care of what belongs to Him. He'll protect it. He'll keep it. He'll pour into it. Hallelujah. We will come behind in nothing. All the people, special from among all the people of the world, for all the earth is mine. I'm telling you, God loves everybody, but he really loves his church. And I'm just going to say something about that right now. This ain't going to cost you a dime either. You be careful how you talk about God's church. How would you like it if somebody talked about your bride the way some people knock the church. This is wrong. That's wrong. This is, needs to be addressed. Why don't they do this? What if somebody walked up to you? You walk up to me and start talking about my wife that way. I will punch your lights out. I'll repent later. You will not talk to my wife that way. And I'm telling you, you will not talk about my church that way either. I... I'm called to protect and speak life and to and to be God's under shepherd because God loves this church. I tell you, this church wouldn't be here if God didn't love it. This church has been through hell and back and God must have something really, 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 really special for this place because God has kept pouring out, pouring in kept loving, kept patient, kept kind, kept good. That's where we're at today. And I'm not going to stop now. Hallelujah. Woo. And while I'm on that subject too, don't come talk to me about the church up the street either. I ain't got no time for that. Now, if you want to come to me and say, hey, Pastor Mike, can we get together and we're going to pray? Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for this church that's struggling. I've done that. with. I've known we're pastors. We're they're on their way out, and I got together with other pastors, reached out to that pastor. Hey, let's come together. Let's pray. 
Let's pray. Let's pray. See, that's, that's part of carrying Jesus. You start loving what Jesus loves. And then you start hating what Jesus hates. And I'm telling you, there's some things Jesus don't like. And so when you're walking with him, he wants to, look at what he says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation set apart for my purpose. Can I make, can I just make a confession here? As a pastor to you, as a congregation, I've tried to work my purpose. I have even superimposed my purpose on top of God's purpose. I've tried to shape the church after my image and after my will. Brought me to the point of near near breakdown. Because see, that's doing something that I'm not supposed to do. It's carrying something I'm not supposed to carry. Jesus said, if you come to me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to tell you something. These last 21 days, God has totally wrecked me about my purpose. And I'm asking God to renew within me a passion. Where my one obsession, my one desire is for His purpose. His purpose for you. His purpose for us. His purpose for this city. His purpose for this region. His purpose for the nation. And I think when we go after his purpose, there's an energizing that comes along with it. I mean, I, I can tell you when I'm when I'm walking in when I'm walking in this, in hearing his voice and keeping covenant, it's it is so energizing. It's not self defeating. It's not. It won't wear you out. It won't. It, it, it won't, and a lot of people are like, oh, Pastor Mike, you're wearing people out. And you know what? That's true to a degree. But can I just tell you, will you I, w- I want to ask you, will you forgive me? And will you join me? Passionately pursue his purpose. And if you can hold me accountable and ask me, Mike, Pastor Mike, is that in, in alignment with God's purpose? And if I can't quickly answer yes, I will drop my head and say no. And we will change. 
I think we have to go after God and hear his voice. Are you with me? I want to get a couple more in. Then the Lord also said to Moses, go to the people. Now listen to this. So, so just... The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. That is, prepare them. Everybody say prepare. Prepare them. Prepare them for what? For my sacred purpose. And so here's, here's what we've got to do. We've got to get prepared. I'm calling and asking you to consecrate yourself and get prepared. That means we have to make a space for God, like what Brad was talking about. You have to make God your first choice, not your last chance. So we daily are going to put God first. Whatever that represents, we're going to Go after God and we're going to prepare our hearts. So it, it means getting apart. A it could be in the morning, afternoon, evening. Maybe you got little kids and you can't even think straight till you tuck those kids away for the fourth time and the third beating. <laughs> but that you will take time to prepare. Lord, I, I, I just need to hear from you today. I need to hear from you today. You said if I would obey your voice, God, I need you to speak to me today. Open the Bible. Get in the Word. Get in the Word and let God speak to you. Prepare. And then listen to this. Wash your clothes. That has to do with just getting the impurities, the things that we've picked up out of our life. God, I just bring... And we're not going to get religious about this. We're not, we're not here to run checklists and... And, and put people under bondage. But you know, you and I both know that if you're going to go into the president. How many of you, if you had an appointment to meet with the president tomorrow, wouldn't put on your best clothes and take a shower? I would. And I would get ready and I would prepare. This is what he's saying. If you're coming into my presence Wash your clothes. Think about it. Get ready. There's, 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 a, there's a fear of the Lord. There's a, there's a sense of, of purpose in it. He, he said, now, now catch this, and be ready by the third day. Remember a while back? See, I preached this, and I didn't even know what I was preaching hardly. Remember I preached about the third day church? All I said was that the first day church represented the first century into the second century where the the gospel was unfolded. The second day church went to the, from that time until um, until the uh, 1500s because you know what this year is? This is 2017. You know what happened 500 years ago this year? In 1517, Martin Luther nailed the 95 Thesis on the church at Wittenberg and started the Protestant Revolution or what we call it the Reformation. What we need is a revolution. 
And so the third day church represents the culmination of everything that God has spoken. And then the third, the third day always represents in Scripture that resurrection power. Jesus was rose on the third day. On the third day, he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to speak. On the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai on the cloud and in the sight of all the people. Hello? Can I just give you an idea of what's coming? The glory of God is coming. So real and so powerful that every every person's going to see it. Every person's going to see it. Isn't that the promise that I preached a few months ago on the in the series Saturate? That the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Now I'm looking back and going, my Lord, you were just kind of like giving me little hints. And I, I'm, and now I'm like, oh, my Lord, what you were doing, it was painting me a picture. How many of you know that the glory of God is the answer for the church today? That when the glory of God shows up, that's it. it folks, all man-made stuff is over. All the fluff, the hype, and everything else is done. The glory represents the weighty presence of God. The kabod, the weighty presence. Have you ever been in the presence of God you couldn't stand? You're about to. How's this for visitors' uh, comfort? They walk in the room and everybody's on their face. you're a visitor God help you yeah I'm, I'm yeah. I love visitors but I love Jesus and my heart is to see him do something if you're if you're looking for a safe quiet place to, to go to sleep in it's probably not going to be your place That's how's that for visitors' relations. I'm just being honest with you. When we come together, I'm looking for like this worship team. I'm so blessed and so I'm so I don't know what the word is. I, they lead us into the presence of God. You see, God's promise is I'm going to come down in a mount. If you just if you just prepare, if you just make a space for me, if you just hear and obey my voice, I'm telling you, God is speaking. God is going to speak in louder and clearer ways. And can I just, while I'm on that thought, can I just tell you how God's going to do this? If you go to 2 Chronicles, which we're not going to do, if you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat was king and all of Israel was under siege. Three nations three nations combined and surrounded Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat called the people together and they all went to the house of the Lord and they got on their faces and they said, oh God here's what Jehoshaphat said 
Here's, 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 a, here's a fine example of leadership. This leader, this king, this man walked into the temple of God, got down on his knees, lifted his hands, and he said, Oh God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And you know what the Lord did? He said, Jehoshaphat, today you're going to see my glory. You don't need to fight in this battle. This is, a, this is for somebody here. You're going through the battle of your life. The Lord says, this is not your battle. This is my battle, says the Lord. You do not need to fight in this battle. Just stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat got up. He said, all right, God gave me the word. Actually, a prophet, if you read this. I want you to read this 20th chapter. And what's cool is this prophet, I think his name was Jehehu or something like that. Jehehu, Jehehu, and Jehael or something like that. I love the New Old Testament names. No, but read it. It says Jehael, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. I want to I want to lay this on you. And I read that th- I read that this morning again, and I'm like, why did the Lord like go to all that trouble? Because this man is the man who released that word that says, the, Thus saith the Lord, you shall not need to fight. You know why it gave his lineage? Because he, I believe God was wanting to let us know that God is going to use the people who are sitting right in our midst. He's going to, and they have a lineage. They have a, they have a connection to this house. They are connected, and because of that, you can be confident in the word that they say. Because let me tell you something: if I let somebody up and say thus saith or whatever and I don't sit them down it's because I know their heart is in this house I have people come to me and they say I got a word for you and and a word for this church and and they're not even connected to this church I said no you don't you have no vested you have no vested heart You you have no ability to speak to this because you're not under this authority either and if you want to have authority, you've got to be under authority. And he speaks and releases the word of the Lord. And here's what Jehoshaphat says. All right, let's go. I want you all, all y'all get ready. Get, it, get the troops organized. Get the people together. But here's what they did. How's this for a military strategy? Hey, worship team. I want you to get out in front of the army. And when you get out there and you see the enemy, I want you to sing and give praise. You're not going to give me a sword? 
Now take your guitar. You're not going to give me a knife? Now take the keyboard. You're not going to give me a cannon? No, what you got is more powerful than any weapon. And it says, when they began to sing and give praise, when they began to worship, when they put God on his throne in the presence of their enemies, hallelujah. You see, anybody can praise God in here. But when you're out there and your enemies are staring you down and you step in front of them and you lift your hands and say, Oh God, great and mighty God, creator of the universe, I worship you. And the Spirit of God began to move. And they it says that one group started killing the other group. And that group turned against that group. And they just destroyed each other. And Israel stood there the whole time and watched their enemies fall at their feet. I'm telling you this morning, listen to me. If we will hear God's voice, if we will keep the heart of worship as the focal point of this church, because we are going to go after God like we have never went after Him before. We're going to entertain His presence like we have never entertained before. I want the glory of God. And I want to put God on His throne and go after Him. He has swept me off my feet. And I have said, Lord, rise and shine and let Your glory Fill this house. Oh, God, have your way. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God's already beginning to move. He's already beginning to move. I want you to stand with me. Can you? I want you to sing that song that you sang. Does that mess you all up? Good. I have this hope. I have this hope. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. But a desired fulfilled is a tree of life. Hallelujah. I said hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled. When God shows up, it's like a tree of life. It's energy. It's power. I want you to lift your hands. I don't want you to watch Luke sing this song.